Welcome to Nathan's School of Thought. I'm Nathan Walker, Global Performance Coach, here to share principles gleaned from decades of teaching, training, and coaching on four continents. Whether you're a senior executive, salesperson, new parent, military leader, artist, musician, head of a nonprofit, or a student, it doesn't matter who you are, only who you can become. Join me each week to have your brain flipped upside down as we move together toward a happier, healthier, and much more productive life. Hello, my friends. The other night we were having a rehearsal. Now, I have a lot of rehearsals because I've done a lot of music stuff, but this one one was kind of unusual. Uh, Every time our family gets together, and I'm talking about married children and spouses, because we are all musicians, inevitably we end up doing something. Somebody will start singing a song, everybody else will start to harmonize. Or somebody will pull out a guitar, and pretty soon somebody else pulls out a, a cajon, which is a an instrument that you can play, kind of a little box drum thing. And pretty soon somebody else is tapping on something else, and pretty soon somebody will say, you know, we really should have a family band. And we've said this for years. We really should have a family band. It's a joke. We're not really a family band. Ain't nobody got time for that. Now, a couple of us play professionally anyway, so that's helpful, but it's not a family band. Anyway, last night we were having a rehearsal because my son-in-law booked us a gig and then announced to the rest of us, so I booked a gig, so maybe we should rehearse and decide what songs we're going to do. So we had the rehearsal. This, of course, included the kids that live nearby and one grandchild who plays bass guitar. So there are seven of us who were able to participate, plus the grandson that makes a total of eight, uh, seven vocalists at a time, and it's kind of fun. We can do a lot of stuff. But there was one kind of tender thing that happened last night that really struck me, and that's why I'm talking to you. One of my daughters lives about six or seven hours away and was here visiting. When she came in and sat down and watched the fun that we were having and thought about how it might have been her, tears welled up in her eyes and she left the room. My daddy heart was breaking for her. And so I called her back and brought her close and said, this is just a season. It's not your season right now. But this isn't permanent. All of our lives have seasons. Our lives are made of seasons. We have seasons for everything. Some of us don't know how to deal with the season that we're in. Sometimes it's so amazing we can't believe it. And sometimes it's so difficult we can hardly cope. This podcast is being put out a day later in the week than I normally do. I recently returned from the funeral of my cousin, who found himself in an extraordinarily difficult season and in mental anguish, ended his season early, not realizing that at some point spring would come. He would have been renewed and grown into new opportunities and new situations, into a new season. And so last week, together, our family mourned his loss and celebrated his life. An extraordinary life. Some of you are familiar with the book of Ecclesiastes in the Bible. 
Some of you have never heard of that at all. And all you know is there's a song by the birds that goes to everything. Turn, turn that one, that one. Now you're going to be singing it all day and you can blame me for it. Okay. But Ecclesiastes was written, we think, by King Solomon. King Solomon was the son of King David. And Solomon was considered to be the wisest man in the world, one of the wisest who has ever lived. And he wrote this. This will be familiar to you. To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to get and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to rend and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. And then later in that same chapter, he, meaning God, hath made everything beautiful in his time. Also he hath set the world in their hearts, so that no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end. Do you want that in English? He says, God made everything beautiful in his time. God has made it so everything will work out beautifully for us. And put it in our hearts not to understand the grandeur and the fullness of his plan. We can't even comprehend it, but he knows it and will turn all of our experiences in all of our seasons to our good. Solomon, we think, continues, I know that there is no good in them but for a man to rejoice and to do good in his life. Do you want that in English also? I know that there's nothing better for us than to rejoice and to value and do good throughout our entire lives. And also that every man and woman should eat and drink and enjoy the good of all his labor. It is the gift of God. These seasons, these times, are all done for good. And Solomon continues, I know that whatsoever God doeth, it shall be forever. Nothing can be put to it, nor anything taken from it. We can't add or subtract from the fact that everything that God does is forever. It's eternal, and it will be turned to beauty. When I was seven years old, I loved to ride my bike. I rode it all the time. I, that's almost all I can remember doing. You'd come home from school, you'd ride your bike. I went pheasant hunting with my dad, I was a pretty good fisherman, so we got to go fishing, and I caught a lot of fish. I had a really good dog of my own named Patches. I loved playing with my cousins. I loved exploring the farm. I got a copy, I think for Christmas, of the Boy Scout field book, which was made for boys much older than I was, but I read every word of that over and over and tried to make several of the projects included in the Boy, in the Boy Scout field book. I wanted to stay seven years old. For the rest of my life. It was awesome. And then I eventually became 10 years old. 
and I was surrounded by hundreds of acres of land to explore. I would go out barefoot. I never wore shoes unless I had to. I rode my bike barefoot. I went around the farm barefoot. I did chores barefoot. My grandma told me over and over that I would get tetanus and die. I did not, in fact, get tetanus and die. And I would feel the dust. There was really fine dust there. It would just puddle over your feet, and it was hot and splashy. I loved the feel of dust on my bare feet. I loved to turn my bike upside down so it stood on its seat and the handlebars and spin the wheels as fast as I could and oil my bike chain. Incidentally, I had a wart on my forearm, and I bumped that wart against a quickly spinning bike wheel, and lo and behold, popped that thing out in a flash, and it never came back. So, you have any warts? You know, if you got one on your forehead and you want it gone, try sticking your head against a spinning bike wheel. I loved being 10. I would eat fresh raw rhubarb out of the garden. I ate so much one day that it did something chemically and changed the taste of all of my food to salt for two days. Everything tasted like salt. That's all I could taste. I wanted to stay 10. That was my season. But I didn't stay 10. When I was in ninth grade, I tied a school record in the 100-meter hurdles and then broke my ankle a week later. It wasn't my season to run. It was my season to do music stuff. I was a really good singer. I was a first chair trombone player. And I loved to do leather work. I would spend hours and hours and hours tediously hammering out little designs, doing custom leather work. I read a book every day. I mean a novel, not Dr. Seuss. And I wanted to keep running fast. I just loved to feel the wind when my ankle wasn't broken. I wanted to stay in ninth grade, but I didn't. My senior year, I went from short, ugly duckling who had yet to hit puberty to uh, tall and, from what I understand, reasonably good-looking. It was from ugly duckling to swan. I had some cool clothes that I saved up my money to buy. I had a good-looking girlfriend. The best music was on the radio. In the, we know. We know when that was. I'm not going to tell you when I graduated because, as far as you know, I'm, I'm a young guy. I participated in dozens of performances, trombone stuff, band stuff, choir stuff, all kinds of stuff, sang all the time. I had responsibility, but not too much. Some of the bread loaves you can get are a little smaller than the standard size, and we had the smaller pans because we liked the way the bread cooked. My job was to make 24 loaves of homemade whole wheat bread per week because there were boys in my family, and we ate a lot. I had a couple of sisters, too. They didn't eat so much. I drove tractor. I spent a lot of time on stage. I was fit. I was strong. That was a good season. I wanted to stay in my senior year. But in none of these times was life perfect. Things didn't go smoothly all the time. I had friends who died. I had injuries. I had fear. I had frustration. I had school. <laughs> that was a lot of the frustration. I did well in school. I just didn't want to put in that much work. So everything I turned in was right at the last minute. Not a good habit. And so it has gone through all the decades of my life. Seasons of famine and plenty, love and loss, fitness and fatigue, pain and power, children, grandchildren, age and youth, loved ones leaving this world and loved ones coming to this world full of promise. Celebrate the seasons. It was made this way. 
we were made to be part of this kind of life, these kinds of seasons, wind and storm, rain and snow and spring, insects and minerals, renewal and growth, hot sun and cool days, falling leaves, then winter again over and over. Why can we so often see this beautiful cycle in things that grow, but not see it in ourselves? We see growth rings in a tree. We can determine whether the winter was harsh in years 37 of this tree's existence. Fighting the elements, putting down roots, pushing the rocks out of the way, and reaching toward the light all result in a beautiful, useful, abundant tree. And so it is with us. A person without challenges was simply cease to live. Only resistance builds muscle. Only experience provides the strength to overcome challenges and become something different. Trees wither and die from many things. Lack of water, poor soil, disease, insects, bad weather, and so on. But the trees that are truly magnificent often overcame all that I have just mentioned. You and I can choose to overcome. It was the overcoming that provided the tree with the needed strength to grow or provided the antibodies that would shield it against a future, future invader. It is the overcoming that turns us into something beautiful. It is the overcoming that helps us learn and grow and become and be renewed and increase in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. Things don't always work out the way we thought they would. They don't always work out the way we hoped they would. And often, they don't work out the way we feared they would. But everything good, everything good is eternal. Everything difficult is an opportunity to learn. And if we allow it to do so, it will bring us closer to the eternal. It may not feel like an opportunity at the time. Often it feels like anything but. But wishing it away won't make anything good come of the situation. Learning will. Looking forward with faith will. Optimism will. Patience will. And above all, God will. Be strong, my friends. Stay the course and enjoy the seasons. This is your hero's journey. Treasure the season you're in and let me help you when I can. We'll talk again soon. <laughs>